0: Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Dollar. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station.
1: It's Black and Abdallah on a Tuesday night, a Bears victory Tuesday. The Bears win last night 12-10 over the Minnesota Vikings. The Bears are now four and eight on the season. We're here to talk to you about it for the next two hours. Blocking Abdallah, weeknight, 6 day, right here on ESPN 1000. If you want to join the conversation, you can call us at 312-332-3776. Abdell, before we get to Bear's conversation, I was looking up a song that we were talking with Waddle and Sylvia about during crosstalk. Is Sylvia in his car yet? Hold on. Is I he don't in his know. car? He said, give me a couple of minutes. We're uh, two minutes into the hour. Is that All a right. couple or should we wait some more? I feel like I
2: feel like we've waited a decent amount. I don't know where he parks, though. Like, does he have to get in the elevator? Are there people that are going to different floors? Like that kind of thing. That's a good point. I'm just kind of stalling for I know him. you
1: are. Well, we're now three minutes into the hour. Is okay. that, a, is that long feel, enough? I feel like that's enough time. Yeah. All right, so I believe this is the song, right? Dickabells? Bells. I think so. I mean, you got to play it for me to hear it.
0: Thank you. Yep, this Thank is. Thank you.
1: All right. So this is it. This is the right one. And do we have we waited enough time? Ooh, wait, for, hold for on. So yes. to get into the car. Well,
2: I heard I heard another noise, so I don't know. Play well, he, something else clicked. So, oh, okay. Yeah, then yeah, then you yes, can yeah, the, uh, yes, the it I is.
1: saw Yurko take two blue shoes he okay. started the okay. I tell you what. This Yurko he could really yeah. return a kick. It's lucky yeah. he had the kick. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it is okay. Uh so the song is from two eighteen. Mm-hmm. Dickabells from Jesse Weiler. This is the song. Ready? This yes. is this is for uh, Tom Waddle and for Mark Silverman getting into their cars right now. This dedication is for you guys and the wonderful holiday. This out. song parody contest on the Waddle and, and Little Sylvie Marky Silverman show.
2: Thank you, thank you, and go Bears! Go go Bears! Go go Bears! Go go <laughs> go go Bears! Go go Bears! Just wait for the go, beat to go drop. Bears! Go 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 Bears! Go go Bears! Go, one to go, win go that. I voted yeah. for this one to win that year. Go go bears. Go go bears. Go 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 bears.
0: Merry Christmas, you filthy animals!
1: So we, our commentary was about the uh the sound drops added to songs. Yeah. That one was exclusively only sound drops yes. and that was fun. But that even, was good.
2: Well but, done. But even still, I didn't need the Merry Christmas you filthy animals at the end. I agree with I you. I didn't need that. Not necessary. Now, Unnecessary. You, now the, the beat drop is perfect. The the tuning of the Go Go Bears to the notes is perfect. I could see that in between the first and second quarters at a Bears game, Christmas Eve, that being played, and thank that place you, going thank you, nuts, because who do they go play Bears!
1: that? Who do they play? Go, go the Cardinals, Bears! they're winning go, that, go, Bears! Bears! that game. Could you imagine go, this go, being played go, at Soldier Dude. Field? Go-go Bears! The Bears are up go, like 14-0 go, on the Cardinals. Kyler Murray's cold Bears! with just dick faces go, go, going off yeah. on the
2: screen. Go, go, Bears! Go, Just go, different go
1: highlights of, yeah.
0: of defensive go, go sacks bears. and interceptions go, go, and things. Go, 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 go Bears! Merry Christmas, you filthy animal!
1: I do think, at the very least, the Chicago Bears social media team should make a video using that song.
2: I think if and, you have and the post time it on yeah. Christmas, so if like, you have that the time, great? you make that song, and then while each bear you have is making a play, you've imposed a little Santa hat <laughs> onto their head. So, like. You know, Montez Sweat has a great sack last night, but he's got a little Santa hat on his head. <laughs> like that kind of like that could listen. I'm not telling social media
1: people at, at the Bears what to do, but like that's what I would do I, if I, I could. I, I think that's uh, like that song. That's great. That that's a great contestant yeah. for the contest. That's yeah, like perfect. That. Uh, The one that we heard with Paul and Sylvie, not bad. It's good. I just don't even need to know what the rest of it is because I only wanted to hear the first 60 seconds. It's a long song. Mm -hmm. Cut it down. And and Abdallah did it longer than I did, but for many years, you and I were the gatekeepers to what songs got on the air. Yeah. And uh, that... Like the the one that we heard today, the mm-hmm. Ngakwe song, like that was a good song. I, would, I think that that would be worthy to be played. We would basically give people their tickets to Hollywood.
2: Yes, like of we course. Were, we were the not the Seacrest, but we were the people that were like, you're going to Hollywood. Meaning yeah. you made it. You made it to the next round. All right, let's talk
1: Bears football. It's Blocking Abdallah on a Tuesday night. The Bears win 12-10 over the Vikings. It was ugly. The defense forced uh, four turnovers. They gave up 10 points, which is outstanding. The quarterback at times looked decent. 27 of 37, 217 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He did lose two fumbles, though, on the evening. Mm -hmm. I I think here's my thought watching the game. Sometimes you just have to win a football game. I'm not drawing some grand conclusion that Justin Fields is not the guy for the Bears in the future based on last night. I'm also not suggesting that he is the guy based on what I saw last night. My, my theory has been going back to the final seven weeks is going to give us a clear picture on whether or not Fields is or isn't the guy. Winning football games adds to the equation. So even though he looked so-so and lost two fumbles... He didn't throw in any interceptions, a problem that he had last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't throw any touchdowns. So that that's also something you could say I have a problem with as well because the offense isn't scoring points. You don't score any touchdowns on the night offensively, but your defense is playing great, and you come back and you win the game on the final possession. You hung around and you won a game. I'm not going to discredit the kid for winning a game. I'm just not going to do that. We've seen so much losing in the last couple of years as Chicago Bears fans, or maybe just Chicago sports fans in general. Today, I'm not going to sit here and say Justin Fields sucks. He's not the quarterback for the future because they won a football game. I feel good that they won the game. Do they have to play better going uh, into the stretch run here, the final five games? They absolutely do, and it's going to be a tough test against the Lions coming up in two weeks. I think that
2: two things here going into this game. One, I wanted them to win this game because we talked about it towards the end of last year. Yes, outcome bias is that they you wanted them to have the number one pick, they got it, cool, awesome. But this team needs to find ways to win. We've said it multiple times, there's too many guys that are going to be on this team in the future, next year, the year after, that they need to find ways to win football games. And that defense rallied, even after the two uh, Justin Fields fumbles, they rallied, they found ways to get the ball back, and you drove down the field and you won a game. That's great. To me, that's great. I love it. The second thing is... I know that people are crapping on the game plan and the amount of screens. But what we saw from the game plan the first time they played the uh, the Vikings, that it is that if Fields just sat there in the pocket and waited for guys to get open, he was going to get the crap kicked out of him because Brian Flores ha- calls an amazing defense. He'll drop eight, he'll drop two, he'll drop whatever. Like, he'll drop and blitz and do whatever. We talked about it with Lance Briggs last Monday night during Bears night in Chicago, and he said, you got to be ready for everything. So I thought going into the game, like, look at the comparison, right? The Lions game, they lost, but they were winning, albeit for the last four minutes of the game, right? Fields ran the ball 18 times for 104 yards. That wasn't going to work against the Vikings. What was going to work is him throwing screens, and it worked. They were moving the ball down the field. Was it frustrating to watch? Absolutely. Did the Vikings key in on that and figure out, hey, you're only going to throw it to the line of scrimmage and we're going to figure that out? Sure, they did. They're a very good defense. Brian Flores is a great, a great a defensive coordinator who was going to figure it out. To me, the game plan was fine. You won the game. It allowed them to win. They were moving the ball, Fields threw the ball for 261 yards, 217 yards, which I get it. A lot of it was yards after the catch. He was throwing for about a, a yard and a half, two yards at times. That's fine. You need to be able to adjust your offense to your opponent. And I thought that in the last two games, the Bears did a very good job and Luke Getzi did a very good job of adjusting the game to their opponent. They found out, guess what? Hey, last year, Justin Fields ran for a, over 100 yards in both games against the Lions. And they, one of them was pretty close. One of them was not at the end of the year, whatever. And so, they, hey, let's do that again. Let's run the crap out of Justin Fields and we'll be in this game. And they were, except for the last four minutes when they gave away the game. And now yesterday was, hey, let's throw a bunch of screens because you got to get the ball out fast because if you don't, which people have been crapping on Justin Fields his entire career that he doesn't get the ball out fast enough, guess what? Yesterday he got the ball out fast enough and it wasn't good enough for people. Pick a lane. What's it going to be? So to me, it was a good game plan. They won the football game and people are still trying to find ways to nitpick certain things. You can nitpick Justin Fields. There's some in-depth numbers about Justin Fields in the fourth quarter that are not good he is not good in the fourth quarter of games yesterday was his technically his third game-winning drive one of them was a turnover that he basically just knelt on the ball and then after Roquan Smith turnover last year or in 2022 and uh, Roquan Smith intercepted the football they ended up kicking a field goal at the end of the game because they were already at the at the uh, in uh, the opponent's territory they kneel the ball a couple times, they kick the field goal. I don't consider that a Justin Fields game-winning drive because he didn't do anything. Roquan Smith got the interception in their territory in field goal range, and all they had to do was kick the field goal. So he's had two game-winning drives in his entire career. His numbers in the fourth quarter suggest that he's a lot worse than what we saw yesterday— But I'm not opposed to what the Bears did yesterday.
1: Well, I don't think the play calling was good. I I think what you have to do in that situation when you're getting blitzed on almost every play is you have to be willing to push the football down the field and take a chance going over the top. You don't have the extra defender over the top to pick you off. So if you see man-to-man coverage, DJ Moore with a corner, you need to throw it deep and allow him to go fight for it. And I think calling a bunch of play calls that kept everything near the line of scrimmage affected what the offense could do production-wise going forward because everything was right there. It was very easy for the Vikings to not only come after the quarterback, but know that the wide receivers aren't really going to beat you. They're, they're going to stay around the but line of scrimmage. But they were still moving the ball down the field. They were. I'm. I'm just, they, they weren't really having success, not scoring a touchdown, isn't a successful game plan. They won the game. They did win the game. I'm pointing. I'm pointing to a specific thing that you said in the play calling. The play calling was not good. I said the, the game plan. was It was fine. a bad game plan. No, I thought it was fine. I get that they he's getting won. the football out of his hands. You know, I I think that that's where we talk about this whole thing. And like, you have matchups with teams, and I think perhaps the Vikings are a bad matchup. Yeah, because they blitz so much. You know, go back two weeks ago, Justin Fields got the football out of his hands against the Lions in a tough situation on the road. He played well. He played really good football against the Lions. The Lions are a good team. Mm -hmm. Good team defensively, too. I just think the matchup defensively against the Vikings is challenging. I don't think every team is going to come after Justin Fields the way that the Vikings do. I think teams are worried about what happened at the very end Or DJ Moore is just running in the middle of the field wide open because Mm -hmm. why? The Vikings are coming after Justin Fields. He read the play. He found his wide receiver. He won the football game. I think if there was more of that in the game plan throughout the entire game, maybe they score some points offensively and not just field goals.
2: I do think we're having a different conversation, though, if he completes those two passes. The one to Mooney that was thrown way out of bounds, and there was another one to DJ Moore that was thrown way out of bounds. Because I that's not something we normally see from Justin Fields. He's pretty accurate when guys are open like that. I'm wondering if, this, if after, on one of those sacks, the thumb was a little bit aggravated, and that's why he didn't have the touch on the football like he usually does. He's usually pretty accurate, like sometimes to the other team. But he's usually when a guy's wide open like that, the way DJ Moore was and the way uh, Mooney was earlier in the game when he got rocked after the ball sailed over his head. Fields is pretty accurate with those throws. So I'm wondering if something happened on one of those those sacks that he took early in the game that uh, affected the way he was throwing the football down the field.
1: Bleck and Abdallah here on ESPN 1000. We're talking Bears football with you at 312-332-3776. I'm not sure on the quarterback. I am sure about the head coach. I'll tell you why next.
0: You're listening to Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. This is Chicago's Home for Sports. Black and Abdallah are back. This is Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. On FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app and ESPN 1000.
1: here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN Chicago app. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. We have the latest college football playoff rankings. Top 25 released just now. Georgia's one, Michigan two, Washington three, Florida State four, Oregon at five, Ohio State at six. Those are your first two teams out for the college football playoff. Florida State, Washington, Michigan, Georgia are your top four. Texas at seven. Alabama, eight. Missouri, nine. Penn State, 10. College football playoff rankings were just released on ESPN television.
2: I don't understand. Like, I know they won. Florida State won, and they're favorite in their, uh, their conference championship game this weekend. I just don't understand how you can put them in without their quarterback because you're just leading a lamb to slaughter. It like that that if it ends up if Alabama doesn't beat Georgia and it ends up being Georgia Florida State as your one four matchup, Florida State is going to get absolutely rocked. And this is all like I get it. It's a college football playoff, but at the end of the day, this is entertainment. That's not entertaining. That's not something I want to see. I would rather you know if you put in Ohio State, if you put in Texas, even if Alabama loses and and Texas wins their matchup, you put Texas in there. um, Put. Washington and Oregon in there. If Oregon beats Washington, Washington or Oregon's like a nine and a half point favorite, almost a 10 point favorite in their game against Washington. Um, Ohio state's going to be difficult unless they get a lot of help. Alabama would have to beat Georgia and maybe get some help as well. If Florida state should lose uh, their conference championship game, I it's just difficult for me to over. And I know you're going off of what you see on the field and the results, but this is trying to put the four best teams in there. And without their quarterback, Florida State is not one of the four best teams.
1: I'd say this. Finally, the committee has a right with Washington in the top four. Yes. For weeks, Washington has been in the first two out. Uh, Washington, to me, has been the best team I've watched this season. I know Georgia is stacked. I know Michigan has has played great football. But Washington, in the way that they've won, their defense stands up. And then also, they've got a better quarterback than either Georgia and Michigan have. I I think Washington's been the best team that I've watched play football this season, which is a whole other piece of conversation we need to get into at some point. But did you see that Washington is a a nine-and-a-half-point underdog Mm -hmm. this weekend against Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game? Yes, I did, because
2: I just mentioned it. That's wild. Yes, it's crazy. And again, what are you going to do with two... Like, let's say Oregon does win, and it's a close game. If they do win by... If they win by two touchdowns, maybe Washington's just out at that point, and you don't put in two Pac-12 teams, and maybe you put in a Texas, and because they beat Alabama, or you put in Alabama if Texas loses, and if uh, Washington loses. Like, I... There's a lot that's going to happen this weekend, uh, and it starts on Friday night in the Pac-12 championship game. Sure. Um, I I just, if Florida State wins, I still don't. I know their defense is great, but I don't know how they score against Georgia. Like, it's
1: it's going to be a bloodbath. So the uh, breaking news is this. Oregon 5, Ohio State 6. They dropped to 6. Those are the first two teams out. Florida State at 4, Washington at 3. Number two is Michigan, Georgia at one. Those are your four teams in the college football playoff this week, week 14. And championship weekend is uh, coming up this weekend. So you'll get selections Sunday coming up this Sunday. And we'll find out who will make the college football playoff. I had a thought for you, Abdal, on this. Um, I said that I'm not sure about the quarterback right now with the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, whether or not he'll be the guy for the future or not. I am sure about the coach. Uh, Matt Eberflus is not the coach for the future. I'm not breaking uh, ground here by suggesting that he's not the guy. But when we see a game like last night, when the Bears have all these penalties and their fourth, the fourth most penalties in the National Football League uh, after this weekend, I, it is solidified in my mind that they need to change at that position. And after what I saw on Saturday in the Michigan Wolver- Wolverines beating Ohio State 30-24 to without their head coach... The culture that Jim Harbaugh has set in Ann Arbor for that football program to play hard-nosed, tough, awesome football, smash-mouth football is exactly what we need here in Chicago. I don't care what uh, he's done with the program for being suspended. It doesn't matter to me. His teams play tough, hard-nosed football, and that's what I want for the Chicago Bears, and I feel like – this team, with the talent that they have and a quarterback like Justin Fields, you can win with a quarterback like that if your team isn't making mistakes like the Chicago Bears make with all the penalties and all the issues offensively with their formations and all this all, all this other stuff. I feel like if you go out and get Jim Harbaugh, this team immediately turns into a playoff contender. There it is. A dr- you don't have to upgrade the quarterback. I think with the talent you have on the roster, you get that coach. This team is going after the playoffs. There was a drive
2: yesterday uh, that stalled because of two penal- two back to back penalties. I believe it was a false start and a holding, or maybe it was two holding calls in a row or something like that. And it was it just stalled. Like that was the end of the drive. And that's an undisciplined thing. Like I understand it's it's on the player first to not false start or to not hold and that kind of thing. You're on the road. It's a loud environment, but I feel like it wasn't very loud in that stadium. I feel like the game, the way that game went, it kind of lulled the Minnesota fans to sleep. Like when they started the second half, you could hear everything like the, I don't know if the mics were just picking up more things, but you could like the crowd was not involved in that game whatsoever. It kind of lulled everyone to sleep, Um, but they just seemed like an undisciplined football team at times and it's not like look they're not committing a lot of you know roughing calls or unsportsmanlike calls it's just the small you know like Kyler Gordon is celebrating not giving up a, a completion but it's a uh, it's pass interference like it's it's undisciplined it's improper form it's everything comes back to the hits principle and that is on Matt Eberflus what Harbaugh instills is a winning culture. And I know people shy away from the culture thing a lot because it's like what what does culture matter if you're not winning? Well, if your culture is winning, it matters. And wherever he's gone, he's instilled a winning culture. He did it at Stanford, he did it with the 49ers, he's done it at Michigan. You and I watched a lot of mi- bad Michigan games, mm-hmm. the Brady Hoke era, like it was it was bad. Like they had some bad teams, right? And then Harbaugh comes in, and turns it around and turns them into a hard-nosed smash-mouth football team
1: like he did with the 49ers. And they... Play smart football, and, and, and that's what you need. And I, yeah. I think that's where, to me, it's like he's won with different style quarterbacks, too. We've seen him win with Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. We've seen him win here in college with J.J. McCarthy. He gets the most out of his quarterbacks and the most out of his offense. And a part of getting the most out of your offense and your quarterback is allowing them to be in games by having a smash mouth defense. A defense that gets after it, that mm-hmm. hits people, that tackles. Yeah. Like that's the one thing that I'll credit Michigan football for this season. I I said that Washington is probably the best team I've watched this year. That Michigan Wolverine defense tackles. Oh yeah. That's something that the Bears would implement that I think there's a thirst for in this city. We want that. And I, I think that's where watching the game on Saturday, watching Ohio state and Michigan and seeing Michigan play that style of football without their head coach. So essentially playing for their head coach to me, it's like it solidifies in my mind that that's the number one guy you have to go out this offseason as Ryan Poles, and you have to go get that guy to be the coach for the Chicago bears. He obviously has a tie to the team, to the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think the worst case scenario would be the bears kind of going wishy-washy on this as we enter, enter the end of the season, not knowing if Eberflus is the guy or not, and someone else in the NFL swoops in and gets Jim Harbaugh and gets him to coach their team, whether it be the Chargers rumored to, to fire uh, Staley or, or someone else who will have an opening at the end of the season. Well, there's two jobs I can think of. And, you know, Albert Breer has talked
2: about this with uh, Cap and Jay Hood about Harbaugh's appreciation of history and wanting to be in the chair right and he obviously went to Michigan he wanted to be in Beckler's chair and he got the job and he's turned that program around and this is the best team that he's ever had at Michigan and they have a chance to win a national uh, championship as long as they perform well in the playoff um, but I also would think that he would feel that way about the Bears obviously Mike did his chair he would love to be here the other one and I don't know if them being at a different location matters as much but the Raiders the Raiders might be looking for a new coach. I don't know if Antonio Pierce is going to be their head coach moving forward, but I think that if it would be a shame if Harbaugh leaves Michigan and goes to another team that's not the Chicago Bears. Like if the if he goes to the Raiders or like you mentioned the Chargers just because of their quarterback situation, he looks at at Herbert and he's like, "I can win with that guy out. Like I can really win with that guy." I think it would be horrible for the Bears to miss out on someone like that. You want to talk about instil- instilling a culture. You want to talk about instilling a will- winning personality, someone who commands the room, someone yeah. who's good at, 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 as weird as he is, great at press conferences, Love great the in the room. Bring like, it, it. it doesn't matter. That stuff doesn't, the fact that he loves milk and, and puts on two different costumes to go trick or treating, to me, that is working smarter, not harder. That's a, there's a famous quote from Jim Harbaugh about trick-or-treating, and he goes, you just go to one neighborhood twice, have a different costume. Don't go to four different neighborhoods. Okay, Stay in one neighborhood, two different costumes, work smarter, not harder.
1: You know, watching last night's game, the Chicago Bears, seven penalties for 76 yards, and you continue to kind of add to the Eberflus book of uh, us being fans and trying to judge a head coach. And when you see that the Bears are the fourth most penalized team in the National Football League, when you have less talent, And you're a team with a younger quarterback trying to find his way. You got to limit the turnovers. You got to limit penalties. You got to keep yourself in games. And I feel like many times along the way, we go back to the Lions game. The decisions Eberflus made at the end, I think, cost them the game. And then you get to a game last night where you win. You don't score a touchdown. You win. Your defense plays well. But also, the penalties continue to add. The Bears should have been up by way more than two points at the end of last night's contest. Absolutely, they should have had touchdowns. They should have had a lead. They they outplayed the Vikings. They were the better team. They got the win, but it could have looked better.
0: Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. Follow Chicago's home for sports on Twitch at ESPN One Thousand Chicago. You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.
1: You know if you're also thinking like, "Hey Black, how could you say that Eberflus is going to be out at the end of the year?" Did you hear Ryan Poles last night on the Bears pregame show? I with did. Chuck Joniak here on ESPN 1000. Uh, on the conversation of using Montez Sweat at the end of the Lions game, this is what Ryan Poles had to say on the ESPN Chicago Bears radio network. It's a unique situation, you know, when you have a trade. And I think this is one of those big differences between. Uh, baseball and basketball trades, um, it takes a little bit more time to get in the rhythm and, and have the entire playbook down that most people got all offseason, all training camp, and and then through the beginning of the year. So, um, you do look for that playtime to continue to increase. Um, my big thing is just in critical moments, having having players on the field that can impact the game. So, um, we've had conversations about that, and um, we'll continue to see him in, in those roles when, when, when he's needed the most. So, that was Ryan Poles, GM of the Chicago Bears on the Hmm. Bears radio network yesterday before the game with Jeff Joniak you can hear Joniak and there every game of the Bears uh, season right here on ESPN 1000 your home for Bears football Montez Sweat last night against the Vikings played 39 snaps 71 percent of the plays Uh, Justin Jones also 71 percent of the plays 39 snaps Uh, TJ Edwards with 55 snaps he played 100 percent Johnson 100, Edmonds 100, Eddie Jackson 100% of the snaps. When you have to have a conversation with your coach about getting your highest paid defensive player on the field, you're likely to not be around when we get to the offseason. That's just my guess is when the GM has to say you need to use Montez Sweat more often. That to me tells me that Matt Eberflus will not be here next year.
2: Yeah, I think that we talked about it after the Lions game, and it's like, oh, he was like, well, that was our rotation. It's like, well, your t- rotation's not good. And it's you a bad throw, rotation. Well, not only that, but you throw your rotation out the window in a game-winning situation. Like that stuff goes out the. It doesn't matter. Look at the time of possession. They were on the field for ten minutes. Like, it, it, that's. It's not like he was tired. They were out there for a third of the game. What are you talking about? Your bad rotate. Your rotation. <laughs> your rotation's bad. That's a bad plan. Yeah. You need to throw that out of, out the window. And when your team is drive, when the other team is driving down the field, you need your best players in the, those situations. Goal line stands, end of the game, everything. All your rotation BS goes out the window when you are in a game situation, and that dictates to have the best players on the field. And as a defensive coordinator, why wouldn't you want your best players out on the field? That's insane to me. Your ass is on the line here.
1: To be worried about them having energy for a time period that's not important, like after the game, is crazy. Wait, wait, wait. They're you, gonna... burn it, you burn it all on the final drive. They're going to be too tired for the plane right, ride now. home? You, you burn it all on the final drive. Who cares? You go till empty on the final drive. Ridiculous. That's what you do. And, and it's still irritating going back to the Lions game because, I'll say it, this team should be on a three-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. But Iberflus messed it up against the Lions. Yeah, this team should should be be a three-game winning streak, and we should be looking at a possibility of making the playoffs. That's what there should be this week. A three-game winning streak, and they should have probably beaten the Broncos, too. Brian in Kankakee, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Brian?
3: Hey, guys. I just want to piggyback on Iberflus and his incompetence. So... I don't know if you guys noticed, but that last interception, the fourth pick, um, that was fourth down, right? Yeah. Every high school coach in America is telling you knock, knock the ball down. Yeah, you don't need an interception. Lost twenty yards of the field position <laughs> by by catching that interception. Another thing, before the two minute warning, how do you not get another snap off? Yeah, I mean it just shows either by the coaches that he's hired or by himself, that there's just incompetence up and down that coaching staff. They're, they're not a professional coaching staff. That's it.
1: Yeah, Brian, I, I saw that uh, heading into the two-man warning, too. I thought that was strange that, they, that Justin Fields got the team up to the line of scrimmage and they looked like they were ready, and then they just stood there as if they were told... To just wait. Yep. It was weird. It was another weird situation at the end of a game or at the end of a half from Eberflus and the coaching staff. And like Brian just mentioned, there, there seems to be a bit of a communication lapse. Mm-hmm. There, there's a communication breakdown somewhere. Either the quarterback, the offensive coordinator, there's something that just always seems like they're in a rush. Yeah. As if Fields isn't under control of what's supposed to be going on. And I don't know who to blame for that. I think it's easy to say that the quarterback sucks and he can't play. I think that's an easy take. Yeah. I I think he can play. I don't think it's on Justin Fields. I think there's something else going on. I To Brian's first point, like, I, did, like, I didn't if, mind if, the if interception. If I had to ask you, who do you if you had to uh, uh, bet your life on one or the other. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields being terrible or Luke Getze not knowing what Luke he's Getzy. doing? It's Luke Getze. Okay. So, like, for all the heat that Fields gets for, for for the play calling of throwing all these screen plays behind the line of scrimmage, I mean, isn't he doing what he's being asked to do?
2: Yeah. I, I He is. And going back to the first point by Brian, I didn't have a problem with the interception. Because, like... One of the principles is the ball and getting the ball at all opportunities. And then now you're just going to be like, no, 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 don't. No. Well, but I, I, it is. A, it would be a heady play if the defender it saw the ball be. and
1: smacked it to the ground. And then you just move on. It's your, your possession. You move up to, the, to where the line scrimmage was.
2: You also teach and get the ball whenever you can.
1: Yeah, but Brian, Brian's right. Like this team doesn't really make smart plays no. and
2: smart moments. Well, I, I mean, taking the football away was a smart play. Like taking the football away is still a good play. You lost yardage, though. Okay. Fine. They still won the
1: game. Well, yeah, they won the game. Okay. All right. They well, still the show's over. They still won the game. Well, we'll go to Suns for the next hour and 17 minutes while we always wait here because the, 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 the game the... won. No, but because the Bears won the game. But
2: out of all the <laughs> things to nitpick is TJ Edwards interception. I feel like now we're now we're digging into it way too much. How many times, too, have you seen somebody knock the ball down and then a receiver jumps in and it bobbles around and he
0: winds up catching it? That's what I would be concerned like, about, too. Like Catch knock, the ball.
2: Well, knock the ball down at the end of a game when they're going to Hail Mary situation. That's fine. But, like, in that situation, just, it, I, it doesn't matter to me. That didn't matter to me. It just didn't matter. I'm sorry, Brian. It just didn't. <laughs>
1: it didn't. I'm sure Brian's mad on the phone right now, but whatever. Chase on the south side. You're on ESPN 1000. Hello, Chase. What's up, Black? How you doing, man? Is, is this four for four for you today? Four for four? What do you mean? Did you get in on uh, Cap'n J Hood?
4: No, no, no. I didn't, oh, three I didn't for
1: get on. four. No, I didn't get on nothing. No, you you called uh, Carmen and Yurko, right? I don't think he got on though. Oh, all right. So the you, so you're batting uh, 500, two for four today. Oh, one for four. One for you didn't get on with Waddle and Sylvia. I thought you were on with Waddle and Sylvie. Nope, didn't all get right. on either. All right, look at us. We got Chase. Just us.
4: What's up, Chase? Not the much. Hold on, hold on. I can't. I can't start without this one. I'm <laughs> What's happening, man?
2: I already talked to you today, Chase. <laughs>
4: I know I just can't I can't do this without doing that, man. Hi. But uh, um, hey, but my thing is like so the the quarterback. Um, I think that he played well enough to win, but the problem is is that the turnovers is concerning. But my issue was the play calling, and I didn't understand why they didn't run more uh, play action or bootlegs or you know to the strong side to the weak side. It's like all they kept running was. You know, screenplays, and I, I feel like, you know, Justin is more. Seems like he's much better when you move the pocket and you roll him out. He seems like he's more accurate when you move the pocket. It just seemed like, for some odd reason, they had him change to the pocket. Like the Detroit game, they it seemed like they did that. But for some odd reason, in this game, they they had him as a pocket passer, and I, I just felt like the game plan coming in was terrible. You know, they, and another thing is they didn't even stick to the running game. Like, why didn't they stick with the running game? I just don't understand Getty's uh, game plan sometimes. It's almost like he, he he when Fields is finally getting it going, he decides that he wants to take the ball out of his hands and want to call his game. You know what I mean? And I just don't understand why don't he just call games to help Fields out. You know, he sees Fields as getting rattled. If I'm an offensive coordinator and I see my quarterback is getting rattled, I'm going to say, okay, I'm not going to be conservative, but I'm at least going to call plays to get him to work with what he does better and get a a running game going just to get him in a rhythm or take the pressure off him. You guys understand what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, Jason, I think that's a good point. I, I think what's strange to me in watching the play calling is that the Bears will have positive plays going forward. And then Getsy will call something that's a draw handoff and/or a bubble screen to a wide receiver where you have no chance. And the moment it's sniffed out, the play's dead. And like that's what I think is bothersome is like you have a flow, you have forward momentum, and then right when you think you have some momentum, you get stopped with a a draw play to a running back behind the line of scrimmage. Now you're you're second and twelve. And then for the next play, you're going to go run-of-the-mill run, which is going to get stuffed. So then you're third and 13, and now you're stuck because you have a quarterback you don't trust or can't make the throws or you're not allowing him to have plays to do so. And then your only hope to convert the third and long is a quarterback running for his life, scrambling, and mm-hmm. then making a decision on the, on the run like he did finding Roshan Johnson, yeah. where he was outside to the left, scrambling through back over the middle found the running back first down like those are the plays that fields excels at but it only happens because he's trying to make something out of bad play calling that he's dealing with from getsy yeah i think he would be a
2: lot better if the offense was more tailored to like i think he can run both game plans we've seen him right we've seen him hey fields we're going to use your legs this week and then hey you're gonna to have to, you know, either get the ball out quickly, but you can't just do that. Like you said at the beginning of the show, you can't just do that the entire game. You've got to go over the middle a couple times and at least try,
1: or over the and, top. When, when they're bringing extra blitzers, mm-hmm. someone else, someone's in one-on-one coverage. Allow your wide receiver to make a play.
2: He did a very good job when someone was he was thrown to the left hand side. He was rolling that way. One of the defenders came at him. He kind of pumped faked him, and then because yeah. in the because. Previously in the game, he threw that ball and it hit the defender right in the chest. It was almost a pick six. Yeah, and so he adjusted from that, did the pump fake, and then threw the football, which was a good adjustment. But that's like one of the only times we saw them kind of go over the top of the blitzers and run, uh, and then it ended up being a first down. After that,
1: we're talking Bears football with you on a victory Bears Tuesday. Blak and Abdal here on ESPN One Thousand. We'll also have the song of the night coming up next.
0: This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports.
2: Those guys are pretty good. Download that podcast. Guys, it's cold outside. I don't know if you're outside right now, if you're on your way home from work, if you're taking the dog for a very quick walk. If you're out uh, doing some holiday shopping, even if you're working outside, it is freaking cold outside. And, but Mobile Warming by Fieldshear has you covered up to 135 degrees of mobile warming technology right at your fingertips. They've got jackets. I've got my jacket right here for my commute home tonight. They've got socks. They've got gloves. They've got pants. They've got everything for the entire family. I saw this on the website, Chris. They even have a mobile warming jacket for oh, dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah, so If I saw your it. dog is cold, put them in a Mobile Warming by Fieldshear jacket and everything on the website for you right now is 25% off. Go to shearcom That's f-i-e-l-d-s-h-e-e-r.com And use the promo code ESPN25 at checkout. And do not freeze your butt off this winter.
0: Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago.
1: We have the song of the night coming up in a moment here on Black and Abdal. Each night around six fifty, we have a song for you. We'll continue talking Bears football at 6 two three seven seven six. Five games left. I think this Lions matchup might hold the answers for the future for the Chicago Bears. We'll get into that in five minutes right here on ESPN one thousand Abdal. But yes, so we have the Bears They get a win over the Vikings twelve to ten. They're now four and eight on the season. Can they salvage anything with five games left? And that's what we're going to talk to you about at 312-332-3776. Each night around 6.50, we like to play for you the song of the night. Tonight, we have a giveaway to give you along with the song of the night. So caller 10 at 312-332-3776. We have a pair of tickets to see Luke Grimes Friday, December 1st at uh, 8 o'clock at Joe's Live in Rosemont. Tickets, one pair of tickets. Go to joesliverosemont.com for more details. Luke Grimes, Friday, December the 1st, 8 p.m. at Joe's Live in Rosemont, 312-332-3776. A pair of tickets to Caller 10 right here on ESPN 1000. It's time for the song of the night. I want to
4: rock! Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time
0: for... What dial? But there, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never
1: mind. Crank the volume, because it's time for Bleck and Abdallah's Song of the
0: Night. Yo, later.
1: Tonight's song. We go to Phil Collins' You Can't Hurry Love, 1982. It's your Song of the Night.
2: Quick song, we gotta be quick. Why are yeah. we listening to Can't Hurry Love by Phil Collins, which is a cover of
1: the Supreme song? 40 years ago today, November 28th, 1983. Wow. The very first, the original Now That's What I Call Music from the UK was released. It's an album that featured various music artists. And the very first Now That's What I Call Music album was released on this day 40 years ago today. The very first song on the very first album of Now That's What I Call Music is this song, Phil Collins, You Can't Hurry Love. Yeah, and this is uh, the U.K.
2: releases because in America, I think they only do one a year. But in the U.K., there are 116 Now That's What I Call Musics because they release three a year. Every April, July, and most recently, November 17th just came out. The newest version of Now That's What I Call Music. All
1: right, so this is a compilation CD album Mm -hmm. Uh, they they just take popular songs they throw on an album and they they hope people buy it now this was very uh, it was a big deal in the 80s and the 90s probably early 2000s but now that everyone streams like what's the point of having these albums anymore I don't know I don't know why they're still putting these out I mean how many have they put out in the UK
2: 116 and how many here in the US Uh, that's a good question talk amongst yourselves I'll give you a topic
1: uh, <laughs> Maybe the song is the topic. Uh, 88,
2: 88,
1: okay, 88. So I mean, obviously they're releasing more than one per year here they in America. Are. Yeah, they're
2: even releasing a couple per year, not as many. They used to only release two a year for a while. Um, the first one here in America was 1998 in
1: October. Phil Collins, "You Can't Hurry Love," 1982. It's your song of the night. A quick song.
0: the volume and don't touch
2: that dial because time. it's time
0: for what it. dial there's there's no dial on my phone yeah it's just an
3: exp- nah, never mind.
1: crank the volume because it's time for black and
0: abdallah's song of the night yo later
1: andrew martin wins the tickets to see luke grimes on december the 1st at joe's live in rosemont go to joesliverosemont.com for more details black and we'll be back in two minutes.
0: Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.